One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. The future is upon us, and it is upon us right now, my friends. I've got a fascinating show that I want to get to right now. Things going on in the news that are what I call indicators and warnings of the stories we've been tracking. The integration of technology and massive surveillance being placed in our societies right now. I have some incredible disclosure updates and things I want to talk about. Big intel collection operations going on and the recent discovery of a possible face not on Mars, on Antarctica. We're going to talk about that. There's some controversy around it already. Uh, I'm excited to get into this show. Dennis Nappy II here, Truth Seekers, with Sixth Sense Media, as always, challenging reality, questioning that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about some change as we make that paranormal feel normal and the supernatural quite natural. I'd like to say hello to all of you out there. This marks episode... 200 of the Seeker podcast. Incredibly proud of that number. It's a milestone, 200 podcasts. For those of you that have been with me from the beginning, it's been a journey. So thank you so very much. I think this show, I know this show, this episode will not disappoint you. It's been uh, been a busy week for me. I actually wanted to do the show last evening. It's about 6.30 in the morning right now. I was just so fried this week, I passed out. I tried. I tried setting my alarm, getting up at 11 last night. Couldn't do it. I got a full day ahead of me today, so I had to get up before the kids and get this information out to all of you because I think that it's important for us to have an understanding as we're planning our future, as we're charting the course. We need to have this information to understand the terrain in front of us so we can safely navigate through. And there's information in this show that you need to listen to. All right, where do I want to begin? You know what, I, I want to just do a quick discussion about this face. Last night, I was laying in bed last night. Maybe this is why, maybe they, you know, maybe I'm supposed to cover this on the show. Laying in bed last night and I get an alert and it was uh, it was from Jimmy Church on it was his Twitter account. 
and it said something about this face. And uh, I watched, it was like a four-minute video. I'll have the links in the show notes. It was a four-minute video of Jimmy showing the coordinates on Google Earth. Of apparently, there's been some wind and some, uh, some snow melt. And there's a clear, it looks like a non-human face. Um, or humanoid face, I should say, in Antarctica that you can find on Google Earth. Um, fascinating. He looks at it from all different angles. We can't say for sure that it's, quote, a, a, you know, a structure of a face because there's always that possibility. But it's incredibly symmetrical. You can clearly see the eyes. You can see the nose. You can see the mouth. You can see the nostrils inside the nose as well. I mean, it looks like there's some kind of helmet on the thing and everything is symmetrical. So I would be very surprised if they come back and say this is some kind of a natural formation uh, maybe we're being played here again, but here's what frustrated me. Number one, right away I went to try to confirm it and look for other sources of it, and it really, maybe it's just too new, there was really not much on uh, on YouTube about it, but I found a, I guess it's one of those morning shows, I don't know which city it's out of, but it's called Your Morning. This was published August 26th, and uh, I'll have the link to this as well. It's, you know, three people in business suits spreading their propaganda on their morning show. I'm going to let you listen to how they describe this face and, and then uh, give you a little bit of reaction. But this is what we deal with when uh, when we encounter something that could possibly be a paradigm-shifting discovery. So the, the title of this YouTube video Antarctic Mountain looks like an alien face, but there is a scientific explanation. And then their comment that they have here, not so mysterious when a clear answer is given, huh? So it's kind of like cocky and in your face. And, and you know what? And I say to these people, shame on you for downplaying somebody who gets excited about the possibility of a discovery like this, even if, even if it's not a face. It's exciting. It is exciting to see that this may be a discovery of a lost civilization. That is appealing to me, and I love the mystery, even if it ends up being, well, here's a, it was a mountain range and whatever. It's exciting. But yet these naysayers who just want to make you feel like an idiot for it. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you look at this face and you think it's a face... I'm excited for you. Even if we end up being wrong, let's take that risk. Let me play what these, uh, quote, journalists have discovered. Stand by. Aliens in Antarctica? Yeah, what is that? Okay, so this is from a Google satellite map, uh, where the Google view, when you can look on the map, and someone did this in Antarctica and found this. So let's what? zoom in. It's a face. Zoom in oh, if you I can. see it, Ben. Do you see the face? Oh, look no. at it. Can we drop the banner so you can see it a little bit better? There you go. Do you see the eyes and oh, the yeah. mouth and Terrifying. the nose? Wait, so, so we think that this mountain is an alien? No. Is that what we're suggesting? It just looks like an alien. Okay. Experts suggest it's probably a mountain face covered in snow with yeah. caverns that resemble facial features. That's it is still cool that's not there i mean that's not a suggestion that's exactly what it is <laughs> i don't know ben or an what? alien maybe <laughs> anyway there uh, you go well thank you very much <laughs> all right idiot that's not a suggestion that's an exactly what it is how do you know that buddy how do you know that's exactly what it is what bothers me is that the woman who was saying this she was excited 
but you hear his tone he you're saying it's a face he immediately shut it down and gave her the plug you better give the the scripted line to read right now that's why we can't trust the mainstream media I'm not saying you can trust me either, but what I'm saying is, I don't know what it is. I hope it's a face, and I'm excited about the possibility, and I'm going to look for more information. This idiot over here shuts her down immediately. He shuts down, and you heard her. You heard it in her voice. She was excited about it, and of course, then she has to give the party line because this is her job is on the line here. I'm making an assumption, but if she was to say, I think it's really a face, she'd lose her job, and they'd laugh at her. Why? Why is it a laughable event to think maybe there's a civilization that was here that we don't know about, buried under the ice of Antarctica, where we haven't really discovered a whole lot, we, ha or we haven't really explored publicly a whole lot of Antarctica. So this is a big deal. Is it going to be covered up? I, I don't know. Again, what's curious, and, and I, I started this exploration of disclosure and I talked about it last week, going through David Wilcox's thread where he said the pedophiles are going to start coming, being taken down and they're going to start revealing ancient stuff on Antarctica. Could this be it? It seems that this, as if there's, there is the perception of a battle. That's where I'll leave it right now between two sides in what you want to call the government. Wilcock refers to it as the alliance and the cabal. I'm not so convinced there's two sides. I think more that there's some personalities that are on their way out the door who tend to be a little bit connected and they're trying to uh, hold on to what they've got. But I don't think we're looking at uh, a total switch in forces. That's just my opinion. I think business is going to carry on as usual. We just have may, may have new personalities and policies that govern that business. That's my opinion. So anyway, look for it. I'll have links to all this stuff. I'll have Jimmy Church's video, which is a lot more positive. Um, I'll have that in the show notes. I will have this deplorable excuse for a morning show. I'll have their uh, link as well. I know I'm usually not that hateful and negative, but that just bothers me when you get people like this spreading this, uh, it, just shutting down curiosity and wonder. So that's what I'm going to, that's where I'm going to leave that. But uh, if you have any more information on it, please send it my way as this story either uncovers or uh, falls apart due to disinformation. All right. A little bit of uh, cryptocurrency news. Uh, and again, I want to give a shout out to the crypto viewing team. The work that we've been doing on the team is phenomenal. And it, it really is. I've been thinking a lot about it. And it what, what they're giving us is strategic information. It's giving us a perception and understanding of the shifts, some of the shifts that are coming in our political systems, in our economic systems predominantly, and how that affects society in general. When I first started on the team, I, I was... I had a healthy level of skepticism because I didn't know anything. And I always come into a new situation, new information with that level of skepticism until I can learn for myself that, yeah, I think there's something to this. And uh, time and again, things are being validated for me. So basically what we're looking at is a shift in the financial system. We're expecting that shift to, the shift has already begun, but eventually the fiat currency is going bye-bye and we're going to move to a digital-based monetary system. Now I know 
I, people I've spoken to about this, most people say, oh, I've heard of cryptocurrencies. Some people say, oh yeah, Bitcoin, but they don't know a whole lot about it. And before you dismiss it, because I didn't think crypto, I'm interested in aliens and spirituality and out-of-body experiences. I didn't think cryptocurrency had anything to do with any of that stuff. The more you study stuff, the more you start to see how related it is and it goes really deep. Again, that's stuff I can't get into on this platform, but if you if you follow crypto viewing on Patreon, we get into a lot of what we call the woo-woo stuff. And that's where we can explore the esoteric things and, and some of the deeper, darker rabbit holes that are out there. Um, so on the surface, it just seems, everything seems unconnected, but anybody that's watched David Icke, you really see how things are really intertwined and related to this. So my point in saying that is, it, it seems like this abstract concept and people still aren't too sure about it. Um, but I, I got an article from a friend of mine. Uh, this article is dated August 23rd from Coindesk.com. Coindesk is a, uh, a cryptocurrency platform here. And it, it says, the title of this is, UK Central Bank Chief Seeds Digital Currency Displacing US Dollar as Global Reserve. This is a major player in the banking industry. A central bank-supported digital currency could replace the dollar as the global hedge currency, said Bank of England Governor Mark Carney. Speaking at the Economic Policy Symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, on Friday, Carney discussed the need for a new international monetary and financial system, noting that while the U.S. dollar has played a dominant role in the world order over much of the past century, recent developments such as the increased globalization and trade disputes may have stronger impacts on national economies at the present moment than they would have in the past. Makes you wonder why we're having these disputes. Could it be by design to bring this about? Carney highlighted the dollar's use in international securities issuance, its use as the primary settlement currency for international trades, and the fact that companies use dollars as examples of its dominance. However, developments in the U.S. economy by affecting the dollar exchange rate can have large spillover effects to the rest of the world. While the world economy is being reordered, the U.S. dollar remains as important as the Bretton Woods collapsed, Carney continued. Carney suggested a number of possible replacements to the dollar, including the Chinese uh, renminbi, and most notably a digital currency supported by an international coalition of central banks. He said it's an open question whether such a new synthetic hegemonic currency, SHC, would be would be best provided by the public sector, perhaps through a network of central bank digital currencies. I'm going to leave this for you to go through and read the rest of it. It will be in the show notes, but major players, they're, they're talking about this coming, talking about the benefits or how they see the market trends moving in this direction. And what I can tell you based on the crypto viewing platform we're looking at the background and the infrastructure and the personalities behind these different forms of currency and how well connected they are. Now, I know the, the on the surface level, cryptocurrencies will liberate people from the banks and we're going to have this economic freedom, which there are a lot of schools of thought out there thinking that, but in reality, the banks are still in control. So it's coming. It's coming in a major way. Uh, and I encourage you to start learning what you can about it. This is an important 
disclosure event here on that relating to the shift in currency that's coming. Okay. Let's talk to let's talk about UFOs here for a minute. I subscribe subscribe when they first launched. I subscribe to the to the Stars Academy, um, and I mentioned this right at the beginning because they dropped this when they launched. They had their big briefing when they launched the Nimitz when they discussed the Nimitz UFO, um, Tic Tac UFO back in 2017. Tom DeLonge and Lou Elizondo were talking about the To the Stars Academy and what they were trying to do. Um, so I subscribe to their newsletter. To try to stay up to date on what they're doing. And I got this the other day. The heading of the email was details on the vault released. To the Stars Academy releases details for the vault. The world's most comprehensive UAP, which is unidentified aerial phenomenon intelligence tool. They're not hiding what this is. Now I called this out before they called it an Intel tool. I called this out at the very beginning. It's basically an app that's going to be gathering intelligence. But let's 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 go on. To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences is excited to release additional details about their initiative to build the world's most comprehensive intelligence tool for collecting, analyzing, and reporting unidentified aerial phenomena. Named the Vault, an acronym for Virtual Analytics UAP Learning Tool. The robust database will serve as an instrument for repository and research. Okay, again, if you're trying to gather information about UFOs, I think this, from an intelligence collection standpoint, is genius. It's a wonderful idea. That doesn't mean I think it's a good idea, but I think it's very intelligent. Let's go through this a little bit more. The Vault's functionality will include the collection, storage, search, and analysis of information regarding all events, eyewitness accounts, and data recordings that could shed light on anomalous advanced technology and capabilities worldwide. The database will be able to ingest various formats, languages, and data sources ranging from civilian industry, academia, law enforcement, the United States government, and sovereign entities. This also includes data sets from aviation authorities, climactic data, sonar, and other like sources. Do you understand how massive this is across all of those agencies? This is a massive, massive global-based data grab. Well, how can they have the resources to do that? Coming back to cryptocurrencies and the platform being created to allow that because ID 2020, everybody needs to have an identification. They want to bank the unbanked. They want to get people in the third world on their phones, uh, participating in the digital economy. Everybody's going to have a smartphone. The smartphones all have GPSs. The smartphones, all, or, or not everybody's going to have a smartphone, everybody's going to have a phone. All phones should have some kind of GPS capability, They'll have some kind of camera uh, function as well. It's a mass, they're all nodes. It's a massive collection opportunity. So I'm going to get into a minute with uh, Silicon Valley mirroring China's uh, social credit system. This is how this is all connected, my friends. But to the Stars Academy is getting into that platform and using it to gather intelligence about this UFO phenomenon. And it's a massive level of collection. So the vault will utilize artificial intelligence and machine learning to triage and triage and partition large amounts of information in order to discover signatures and patterns that could shed additional light on the phenomenon. 
Initially introduced as TTSA's online community of interest, the vault will be a cornerstone of the company's mission to advance human knowledge through collection, exploration, and sharing of information about the advanced technologies and physics associated with UAPs. As the database expands and TTSA's proprietary algorithms progress, the company is focused not only on the opportunity for learning and understanding, but also the commercial viability of having access to data on this scale. I wonder exactly how this is going to work. They have something, I think it's called a, a worm, that just crawls through the internet and gathers information. Correct me if my term is wrong. So I wonder if this is going to be really going through back channels of everyone's device and pulling, like Google does searches through your emails for keywords. I wonder if this will have that capability really to violate privacy and uh, find information on UFOs and categorize it and take your videos out of your phone. I don't know if that's what this is going to do. And as I keep reading, let's see. Um, but I know that this is going on now for intelligence collection purposes. Things are being categorized and, you know, cataloged. So if you've got stuff on your phone about this, be careful. Be very careful. I don't know the government's official position on these UFOs. I don't know their relationship, their true relationship with these UFOs. I think it's important that we get this information out. But if you've got something, if you've got something that you know you shouldn't share at this point because of fear of whatever, and I'm not trying to scare you, I hope you know that not to put it on your phone. Keep a journal. We don't know what their goal is with this yet. We know what they tell us their goal is, but these are the things that come to mind here. They may be able to mine this data out of your devices. Back to the article. This is a first-of-its-kind capability that will enable both governments and global citizens. Notice the terminology they're using here. Remember I said cryptocurrency is going to be a global monetary system. What does that mean? Well, government is going to change when everybody's using the same currency. The need for borders is going to be a little bit different, okay? So the first kind of capability will enable both governments and global citizens to better understand the phenomena and move forward solving what may be considered to be the greatest mystery in human history, says Lou Elizondo, the To the Stars Academy director of special programs. Perhaps it may even lead to our ability to understand ourselves and our place in the cosmos. And I, I don't disagree with that. To further expand the scope of To the Stars Academy's effort, the vault will include an interactive public interface They'll facilitate real-time uploads, downloads, alerting, and analysis. The downloadable mobile application will be called SCOUT, an acronym for Signature Collection of UAPs Tracker. Data obtained by SCOUT will enable real-time global collaboration that will contribute, to, contribute vital information to the vault. So they're going to have this alert system. They're going to alert your phone, hey, there's a UFO in your area. I wonder... I have no evidence of this whatsoever, but I wonder if there's an alert that there's a UFO in your area, if they will then be able to tap into everyone's phone in that area and scan it for information. Are they texting about it? Do they have pictures of it? Do they have video of it? Will they be able to wipe that information off of your phone? I, I, I honestly don't know, but I strongly suspect that capability exists. 
to jumpstart the project to the stars academy acquired an existing application to serve as the interactive collection module formerly called project capture the company has been working the last few months to enhance upgrade and incorporate the model into the platform great progress has been made in the initial development of scout and the beta operating ios version has been completed work is currently underway to finalize the android and web versions to the stars academy also plans to use scout to publish compelling information related to the vault including documents analyzed by to the stars academy's world-class team of experts podcasts and interviews the company anticipates the beta version of the app to be released in both ios and android before the end of 2019 those who wish to be notified of the release can sign up for the newsletter on the company's website at the to the stars academy okay so i'm i'm always critical and that doesn't mean that some good information won't come out of this i don't feel that to the stars has been transparent enough and maybe that's because of tom delong's approach in the beginning in the way that he kind of i know he was trying to give teasers for publicity and i get it because i do the same thing but it just felt more like we've got information that we're not sharing because you're not ready for it there's a difference there's a difference between teasing information out because well we want to do this launch we want to do it right we want to get a lot of attention on this project and there's a difference in well you're not mature enough to handle this information yet i don't i don't like that and i don't do that um so it makes me skeptical of what else is going on behind the scenes especially given that uh you know there's a lot of government influence with this people coming right out of the government going into this academy here is this just another extended arm of the government what we what we're learning is that basically a lot of the ufo stuff went from government organizations into private industry which is comes back to the um, admiral wilson memo which i have a quick update on that the admiral wilson memo basically admiral wilson former director of the dia tried to get information on the ufo program the secret you know what's now called the secret space program and the people he was speaking to it was basically like yes that program exists you do not have access to it he said well i'm the director of the dia you don't have access to it and the way they were able to sidestep that is because they were in private industry it was a private company that had private information it wasn't a part of the government and he was ultimately denied access to that um interesting side note i, I got an article i haven't been able to go through all of it yet but a, a good friend of mine sent it to me from richard dolan who has an updated discussion with dr kit green it looks like they're confirming the authenticity of this uh this email exchange the memo the ever wilson memo the the um we, i did a show on it talking about that so i will get into that in another show i do have a discussion with daz smith i don't think i released it on this platform yet so i need to make a homework assignment and find that um daz is a wealth of information he's very well read he's very knowledgeable and he's remote viewed a lot of this stuff too so we get into what the meaning of this this memo is so um i'll go pull that and try to get that out in the next uh couple weeks i'll see if i can release that here uh let's see here all right so we have that going on we know that there's this massive collection attempt to gather information about ufos 
Now let's look at this. This comes from Fast Company. It's called, uh-oh, Silicon Valley is building a Chinese-style social credit system. In China, scoring citizens' behavior is officially government policy. U.S. companies are increasingly doing something similar outside the law. Have you heard about China's social credit? This gives a background on China's social credit system here. I'm going to read some of it. Um, it says that the ultimate goal is to allow trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step, according to the Chinese government. In place since 2014, the social credit system is working a work in progress that could evolve by next year into a single nationwide point system for all Chinese citizens, akin to a financial credit score. Again, can we make the connection to cryptocurrencies? Your digital identity is akin to your credit score. It may affect your ability to conduct commerce because they're taking hard paper money away. This is, this is where we are going. Why? It's social engineering on a massive scale. Now, I say that not to scare you. Not to tell you to reject this, because I don't think at this point in time you can stop this from coming. And I've said this a lot. And I know that's a frustrating thing to hear, and I challenge, not challenge you, I encourage you to go out and do your own research. And if you can find a better way, please tell me about it. Um, right now, from my standpoint, I think... It will be better for us to learn this system and find ways to still continue what we're doing navigating through that system. I don't think we'll have access to as you'll go in and read what this they're gonna what this, they're doing in China, we won't be able to do anything. We will not be able to function. So if you want to reject this system and go live off grid, and there are some of you out there and that's that's what you're doing, I'm not knocking that at all. If that's what you want to do, that is your journey. But you're going to be cut off from a lot that's going on. And you're going to have a very difficult time interacting. And that is a difficult statement for me to make. And I don't make it lightly. But I believe we can still continue on this journey that we're on. We may have to suck it up and integrate with this system. But if you understand this system you can be smart about that integration if that makes sense okay so let's look at this it aims to punish for transgressions that it conclude that can include membership in or support for the falun gong or tibetan buddhism failure to pay debts excessive video gaming criticizing the government late payments failing to sweep the sidewalk in front of your store or house smoking or playing loud music on trains jaywalking and other actions deemed illegal or unacceptable by the Chinese government. It can also award points for charitable donations or even taking one's own parents to the doctor. Punishments can be harsh, including bans on leaving the country, using public transportation, checking into hotels, hiring for high visibility jobs, or accepting of acceptance of children to private schools. It can also result in slower internet connections and social stigmatization in the form of registration on a public blacklist. Social China's social credit system has been characterized in one pithy tweet as unauthoritarianism gamified. Okay. So, um, there's, there's more to that part of it. I'm going to jump down to the western side, what's going on here. Now, 
before I get into that, let's look at, um, there was, I, I've covered this on several shows. Truthstream Media does a great job getting into this about Google's plans that were made public. They said it was an internal training video that went out and was talking about their plans for social engineering using things like social media and other new tools that Google is working on releasing to the public. So they're, they're using this to <clears throat> engineer society in a specific way. And if you play ball, great. If you don't play ball, well, you see all the things because we have integrated our lives digitally, they now have much more ability to restrict your perception of freedom, your ability to interact with within your local decision space. Let's let's use it that way. They they are developing that ability. What do we do with that? <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like something right out of a science fiction film, but this is what's on its way. And the infrastructure is is pretty much in place here. Now, this article continues, it can happen here. Many Westerners are disturbed by what they read about China's social credit system. But such systems, it turns out, are not unique to China. A parallel system is developing in the United States, in part as the result of Silicon Valley and technology industry user policies, and in part by surveillance of social media activity by private companies. Now, I went into that in a recent show looking at the Cambridge Analytica stuff. Here are some of the elements of America's growing social credit system. Insurance companies, the New York Department of State, uh, Depar I'm sorry, the New York State Department of Financial Services announced earlier this year that life insurance companies can base premiums on what they find on your social media posts. That Instagram pic showing you teasing a grizzly bear at Yellowstone with a martini in a hand and a bucket of cheese fries in the other and a cigarette in your mouth could cost you. On the other hand, a Facebook post showing you doing yoga might save you money. Insurance companies have to demonstrate that social media evidence points to risk and not be based on discrimination of any kind. They can't use social posts to alter premiums based on race or disability, for example. The use of social media is an extension of the lifestyle questions typically asked when applying for life insurance, such as questions about whether you engage in rock climbing or other adventure sports. Saying no, but then posting pictures of yourself, free soloing El Capitan, could count as a yes. So, why does this bother me? I mean, Number one, I have the option to lie about that if I'm going on, uh, I'm applying for insurance. Because the whole insurance thing's a racket anyway. But we have to have it. But again, it's a form of social engineering. The people in charge are trying to dictate how our behavior is going to look and what we're going to do and, and how we're going to behave and how we're going to be. And that's, that's a frustrating thing. It feels as if our freedom of choice is being manipulated. And that's, I think, what bothers me so much about this. Nothing's private anymore. Does an insurance company need to know that I'm doing this? Well, for the insurance company tell you, yes, because we're going to pay you money if you get hurt. But so you're trying to limit my trying to put that fear into me of, well, don't do things that I may enjoy doing. People have the choice to do those kind of things. And that choice is being severely limited here. Okay, a company called PatronScan sells three product, products, kiosk, desktop, and handheld systems designed to help bar and restaurant owners. So this is interesting. So what this does basically is it's, a, it's an integrated database where your ID gets scanned when you go into the bar. And if you have a problem or you get banned, they have the option to put that information into their database and kick it out to the uh, entire 
industry connected to it. So you go to a bar six states away and you say, nope, you got banned for fighting or for not paying or whatever. Um, again, from a security standpoint, this seems like a great idea, but as individuals, we're being blacklisted here. We have the option to be blacklisted. And the big problem here is, same thing with Uber and Airbnb, uh, WhatsApp. The, the problem with this is, is, and this is the article goes into this as well. Here in the United States, we have the perception of a justice system. I think it's broken, but the country was founded on, you know, we have this thing called the Bill of Rights. These private companies and this social credit system, they circumvent that. They sidestep that Bill of Rights, and we're being punished without due process, without judge and jury. And that's the problem. That's one of the major problems with this is that a company can just decide you violated our policy. You read the fine print, right? That's 2000 pages long. You should know better. Now you're being blacklisted. You can no longer participate in X, Y, and Z. And that's uh, terrifyingly scary. And it's again, so there's no need for the government because this isn't government. This is just private corporations saying we don't want you to be a part of our company because it's private. Where do we go from there? What do we do with that? Piggybacking on that story, I'm going to talk about the impact this is having on society. This one comes to us from sfgate.com, San Francisco. Doorbell camera firm Ring has partnered with 400 police forces extending surveillance reach. So this company, uh, the company is called Ring. I'm going to have this article for you to review, but basically it's the, you know, the little doorbells that have the cameras on it now. So they're now giving police departments access to that camera under the guise of, well, we're going to help keep your neighborhood safe. We're going to catch people um, that are committing crimes in the area. So now they have an ability. If every door on the block has a camera on it, they can get a great picture of who's going on your street, what's going on, whatever intel they need to gather on that. But what's interesting is that, well, the owner of the doorbell gets a notification. Hey, a crime happened in your area. Police are requesting access to your footage that's stored in, in a digital cloud somewhere. And they can grant that access. People also have, they have a chat room where people have something suspicious that they think they see. And they share it in the chat and share this information. And it goes viral, everybody trying to look at it. Well, there's been instances where young kids have knocked on the door. Uh, and somebody's like, what are these punks doing? They're out too late at night or something. And now these kids are being demonized when really they're just kids knocking on the door because it was Halloween. They just happened to come out a little bit early. Uh, or you have somebody, a salesman coming to the door and people are labeling them as suspicious. Um, you have all these different non-crime things that are happening. And the people with these cameras are the ones that are spreading this out and then sharing that information with the police. So you have people being wrongly accused of things. Why is this concerning? What's being created is a Gestapo-style um, citizenry here. Well, I'm going to start spying on my neighbor and filtering this information to the police. And again, it's as if there's no judge or jury. You don't know who to trust anymore. And it's because of this tech and it's because people are being engineered to report quote, suspicious activity to the system. As if that's not bad enough... American Airlines, this is from uh, CBSDFW, um, cbslocal.com. 
American Airlines launches their facial recognition to board passengers at DFW Airport. Now, I did a whole show looking at the facial recognition databases that are being built all over the world, how law enforcement is using that. Uh, they were illegally using that with the ID 2020, this digital or the new ID system that we have to get, get called Real ID. Um, they were creating their own databases, facial recognition databases, importing the driver's license photos from all the states as well. So it's a massive surveillance uh, system that we have here, uh, and it's very concerning. We need to understand how the system is starting to operate and is going to be operating in order us in order for us to function. Now, we're going to have to conform a little bit or find technologies that allow us to sidestep this massive surveillance that's going on around us. Okay, understand the value of what I just said. I'm not saying sell out, I'm not saying give in, but you need to understand the system that is being put in place all around us. It's everywhere. Okay, I'm gonna shift gears for a minute. Um, let's look at this last article here. DARPA. They were asking for information on an underground facility. So this came out, uh, what date was this? Yesterday, August 30th, I got this article. Why does DARPA need a huge underground facility by Friday, by yesterday? DARPA is often described as the mad science wing of the Defense Department. They're the ones who have a history of working on cutting-edge technology for the military, like virtual fences, disaster relief robots, and the invention of the Internet itself. Well, the other day, now I'm going back to their tweet here, they put out a, a tweet that said, Attention city dwellers, we're interested in identifying university-owned or commercially managed underground urban tunnels and facilities able to host research and experimentation. It's short notice. We're asking for responses by August 30th at 5 o'clock p.m. DARPA explained in a follow-up tweet that the ideal location would be several city blocks with complex layouts and multiple stories. Gizmodo reached out to DARPA and the agency confirmed that the turnaround time was short but said that it was originally posted last week. That's still incredibly short notice for a government agency that needs a large space for its experiments. DARPA wouldn't explain why but needed an underground facility so quickly. Complex urban underground infrastructure can present significant challenges for situational awareness in time-sensitive scenarios, such as active combat operations or disaster response. As DARPA's spokeswoman, who asked to remain nameless, told Ms. Gizmodo by email, DARPA is interested in exploring this domain for research to analysis uh, and enhanced approaches to improve situational awareness and responses times in emergency scenarios. The DARPA spokeswoman continued, Locations submitted could help the research community identify relevant sites for further field experimentation to experiment their development of such technologies. So why do they need it so last minute? We can speculate all day long. Uh, the 30th is over, obviously. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's something coming in the near future. And they need to get in by the 30th to start setting up. Maybe they want it so much space because they're going to start pulling citizenry down there. I'm going worst case scenario, asteroids coming. They know about it. We don't. Maybe. maybe. I don't know, though, so I don't want to spread that fear. But exploring all possibilities. But then you have to think, well, they're looking in underground terrain. Maybe they're anticipating a major disaster. We have seen some interesting seismic activity out in California over the last two months. Maybe they're seeing something big that's coming. And they need to look at, because they're looking, 
when they put that request out there, they're expecting multiple agencies to respond, not just one in one city. So they're going to get great amounts of intel very quickly of who has facilities capable of bringing people underground. That's a great strategic amount of information, intelligence information that can be used as tactical information to have rather quickly. So maybe that's something that's going on. Maybe they're really uh, looking to do this type of training. The article continues here. DARPA is currently hosting its subterranean challenge, which is a bit like their old robotics challenging, uh, only for mapping and traversing underground environments. DARPA's urban circuit challenge is happening in February of 2020. So we can guess that, that this challenge, that this underground location might be for that, but we don't know for sure. And it would be strange to only organize something like that on a week's notice. Let's go outside the box here. Maybe. Maybe they're looking at this for mapping caverns on the moon, caverns on Mars. Maybe there's an inner Earth stuff going on and they're looking to go down into that. Maybe this is tied to Antarctica with that face coming out and they're looking for some training ops to go down into these caverns that are down there. Are we going into space? Well, here's an interesting thing that came out on uh, August 29th titled Trump Launches Space Command. Donald Trump announced Thursday the official establishment of U.S. Military Space Command. Interesting, he announces this the day before DARPA needed these underground facilities. Those who wish to harm the United States to seek to challenge U.S. on ultimate high ground of space is going to be a whole different ballgame, Trump said at a White House ceremony marking the command's establishment. It will be the 11th Combat Command joining the ranks of U.S. Central Command, which oversees operations in the Middle East, U.S. Special Operations Command, which oversees special forces. So they have a total of 287 personnel right now. The final location has not yet determined. determined. Um, but this is here. This is coming. The And what we've been seeing is a ramp up for war in space. This is a major step towards that. Is there going to be a perceived threat that's coming from this? Is this tied into To The Stars Academy? I'm linking it back. They're a massive intel collection grab. Um... There is so much that I think is connected. We've got the crypto stuff coming out with the with the digital identity. We've got the social credit system that is in the works, possibly coming to the United States. We've got the To The Stars Academy collection. We've got the Space Force coming out. We've got DARPA looking to go underground. We've got this face that's been discovered. A lot of stuff is going on. And it all seems to be connected. It all ties in. Or maybe I'm just nuts and trying to make something out of nothing. I don't know. But I think that this stuff is all connected. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Truth Seekers. What do you think? Have I lost my mind again? Or uh, is the world really changing the way that we see it? And again, I hope that this doesn't scare you. I hope this empowers you. And with that, I think we have a lot to think about, a lot to integrate into our minds as we begin to navigate this new lifestyle. But remember, if the big announcements come out, proceed with caution in your digestion of that information and then find ways to verify it. All right. I'd like to give another shout out again to the uh, my crypto viewing buddies on the crypto viewing team. Check them out at uh, cryptoviewing.com, patreon.com slash cryptoviewing. 
I'm just scratching the surface with what I'm talking about here on my show, my friends. There's a lot more information out there that I think would be very helpful to you, to my new Patreon friends that I've connected with through crypto viewing that have uh, started listening to the show. Welcome. Thank you so very much. I'm, uh, I'm so honored that uh you know that we're able to connect now and uh, and share information so it's it's uh, my great honor again my 200th show today i'm i'm so proud of that to my listeners that have been with me over the last couple of years thank you so very much for being a part of this journey i often say you are my outlet that helps me to stay sane it gives me somewhere to get this out of my head, man, because, uh, you know, it can be a, a challenging, lonely journey sometimes. So I'm incredibly thankful for all of you out there. I'm going to try next week to get into the Kit Green stuff, uh, along with some Bob Lazar analysis. I just don't have time to get into it today, but I was going through Joe Rogan's interview, and there was some uh, major nuggets that were dropped in that by Bob Lazar that I think connect a lot of stuff that's going on with this UFO stuff. One of the things Bob said, I'll drop it now, is that he was told or he read, he can't remember the specifics, that the craft he worked on was recovered in an archaeological dig. Think about that. Think about the face that was just discovered. I'm going to leave you with that, my friends. We'll get into that at another time. I'm Dennis Nappy the second with Six Sense Media. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind and let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening.